This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. We'll go back to the football next hour. We'll start off with Rich Samini at 11, and then we'll recap the full day for you in the NFL, including what might be a runaway night for the Buffalo Bills as they, as you just heard Steve Lennox tell you, starting the third with a 24-7 lead over Green Bay. This hour, let's talk NBA. So on Thursday night, before Gordon Damer and I on ESPN New York tonight, Monday through Thursdays from 10 or after local games until midnight, before we wished you guys a great weekend, I said that this was an important weekend for the Knicks. That even though they performed well, they were in the game against a very, very talented, young and gritty Memphis Grizzlies team. And they did what they were supposed to do in beating teams that are worse than they are. We would find out a lot about this team early. And once again, I get that it's early. I get it's early. But we would find out something about this team as they faced this weekend, two-game world trip, Milwaukee on Friday, Cleveland tonight. Both games you heard here on 98.7 ESPN. Ed Cohen, Brendan Brown doing a fabulous job as they always do. Pat O'Keefe with the postgame tonight. So what I'm looking for is not whether they win or lose. That's, of course, kind of important. But how they match up, how they perform, how they run their offense, how do they defend. Because ultimately, that's what's going to make the decision as to whether this is a playoff team or not. Right now, at the start of this season, my thought is they're a play-in game. They're a play-in team. All right. do, I, do I think they're the eighth? The eighth be, will they be one of the eight best teams in the conference? No. 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 Anything can happen. They can make a deal and get better. They can do a bunch of different things. But for me, they, they aren't. So with the start, though, there were some things that I enjoyed watching them offensively and watching the bench and watching some things and, and playing time and so on and so forth. So I was really curious. Did I expect them to beat Milwaukee? No, I did not expect them to beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a far superior talent, talented team than they are. It's a tough injury by Dylan. Oh, that looks bad. Um. So, no, I did not expect them to do that. I, what, I, what I'm looking for is for them to be in the game, that it's a competitive game, and they have a chance to maybe steal one on the road in the fourth quarter. Okay, that's what I'm looking for from that game. To me, what that game was, <laughs> was Milwaukee played it close, they didn't shoot well. They struggled. They were missing some guys. And Giannis said, okay, stop playing. Let's let's go. <laughs> and the game was over in the second half. It was over in the second half. Okay? So now, and once again, challenge to what the Knicks can do defensively. Okay, these teams challenge. Milwaukee and Cleveland tonight, they challenge what the Knicks do defensively. Why? Because both these teams like to run not only after misses, but after makes. 
they like to run on both. So they continue to pressure your defense. And when you have a defense that right now, one of the things that the Knicks are having trouble doing is getting back, their transition defense is, has been inconsistent, you're going to be in trouble. And that's what we saw against Milwaukee, and that's what we saw tonight. And the thing about tonight, could you have given up any more wide-open, uncontested threes? Could you, even when you had a hand in the face, it was slow rotation. Could you have given up any more uncontested threes? Every time you turn around, there was a, and Kevin Love, he just kills the Knicks from three. Every time they play Cleveland, I don't care if Kevin Love hasn't played in two weeks. When he sees the Knicks, he is always open for three and always hits them. Always. Always. Now, this game was even, for me, was even more, was more frustrating than the Milwaukee game. And the reason why it was more frustrating than the Milwaukee game was because the Knicks had a lead going into the fourth quarter. The Knicks had a lead in the fourth quarter. And then Cleveland just said, you know what? It's over. They outscored the Knicks in the fourth quarter, 37-15. What did they have? Seven threes in the fourth quarter combined? It's 21 points. They had, the Knicks had no answers. None. None. They had no answers. This kid, Wade, had 22 in 38 minutes, in 33 minutes, six threes. Kevin Love, eight of 13, 29 points in 22 minutes. I mean, Levert was off. And then, and I waited. I waited, Nick fans. I waited to mention this. Then there was Donovan Spider Mitchell, who probably had this game circled on his calendar. And I don't know whether you still feel the way that you feel, because a lot of you did not want Donovan Mitchell in a Nick uniform because you felt you'd have to give up too much. A lot of you were talking about his defense with him and Jalen Brunson in the backcourt. It would be two small guys. It would be a defensive issue. But the one thing we know about Donovan Mitchell, he can shoot the basketball. He had 38 points in 37 minutes, 12 assists, 8 of 13 from 3. Six of eight from the free throw line. He was a plus 18. He lit the Knicks up. You couldn't have been surprised because you knew he was going to put on a show. These two losses dropped the Knicks to three and three. They are winless on the road. Now, does this mean that this is a terrible team? No, it does not mean it's a terrible team. 
It means they have a lot to work on. It means that they still need more talent. It means, as Jeff Van Gundy said on the Michael K. Show Friday, that their best player, this is deep. He said their best player, if I remember correctly, he said they might be 60th in the NBA. Their best player is number 60. In other words, he's saying that you could come up, he could come up with 59 other players who are better than your best player. In the league, not just in the conference, in the league. That does not sound like a playoff team to me. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a playoff team to me. Okay? It sounds like a team that can play in. It sounds like a team that if they merge together and they find their way and they have a lot of chemistry and they, they look to rely on each other offensively and defensively, that yes, they can be a dangerous team. They can be a playing team that could get in and, and, you know, get hot and do a little something in the postseason. Maybe. But this is this is going this is not gonna be an easy thing. This is not gonna be easy. And listen, I really appreciate what RJ Barrett has done to improve his game. He was better from three tonight than he's been in a while, probably all season. All right, probably better. I mean, he was three or four tonight from, from three. Marked improvement. Did not get to the free throw line. Not happy about that. Six of ten from the field. As I mentioned, half of them were threes. But his shot selection this season has not been good. It just has not been good. And he's got to find a way to get within the flow of the offense better than what he's been. He has not really been in the flow. There was a couple of there was a couple of times tonight that he just took shots that not there. No, give it up. The Knicks were successful pushing the basketball and then moving it. Okay? They were successful there. And they stopped when they stopped doing that, they got killed. They had 26 assists. Cavaliers had 33. So when they, when they, being the Knicks, move the basketball, they are a much better team. And yes, I know some of you are waiting for me to talk about Evan Fournier. I don't know why you would put him, I don't know why he would end up switching to Donovan Mitchell because it's just not fair. And even though Fournier was three of five for three and six of nine, he seemed it just felt like he shot worse than that. Didn't it to you? And there was a, a couple of series where he just missed some open shots and they were bad. Like they weren't even close. Give me your thoughts about the Knicks after six games. 1-800-919-3776. Also, I want to hear from the Net fans as well. Now, it's early. Okay, it's early. And 
you know, Seth Curry's not there. They're missing some folks. You want Joe Harris to get into the flow of things. He hasn't played for two years. So it's going to take him some time to get into the flow. But when the head coach, Steve Nash, says that there was no effort Saturday against the Pacers that leads the team to have a players-only meeting this early in the season, even and I get it, they've lost four in a row. I understand. But still, a players-only meeting already? I know Ben Simmons thinks that this team could be the best in the league, and he may be right. Once they get their pieces together and once they start playing well and the talent is there, you've got two of the elite players in the NBA on one team in Durant and Irving. Elite. Elite. And they'll find a way to, they'll put some wins together. There's no question about it. But you would have thought, you would have thought they would have started a little better than this. And it's just really, it's not good for Nash. The slow start is not good for Nash. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls are next on 987 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go back to the phones. Richard is in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Larry, what happened to the Giants and Jets, even though it was surpri- uh, disappointing, wasn't surprising. First of all, the Jets, they were winning in spite of Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall was the whole answer, man. I mean, it, he was the whole thing. He was the whole team. And, you know, you hear people say, well, running backs are devalued now. It's not true. If you have a great running back like the Giants and Jets have, uh, you can still win without a superior quarterback play. Same thing with the Giants. Uh, Seattle stopped Barkley. These quarterbacks are not good enough to beat these teams, but if you get great running back play, they have a chance, and you have the coach controlling them, they have a chance. This is Zach Wilson. He's uncontrollable. And, you know, Larry, I've never seen one play in the first half that turned – I mean, I knew the game was over after that bad roughing the penalty uh, penalty against the Jets on that play on Mac Jones. I knew that they would never recover from that because that gave them the touchdown, and there was no way a turn of events like that was going to give the Jets uh, – they would never turn that around in the second. Come on. Zach Wilson is going to beat Bill Belichick? Please. You know that. Uh, we would need a Brees Hall – uh, we needed him, and uh, the Giants needed Barkley to have another outstanding game. And uh, neither one did, and that was it. Geno Smith beat us. And it's not surprising, you know. I, it's disappointing, but not surprising. I'm not surprised at all. I would have liked one out of the two to win. Mm-hmm. but uh, And they weren't good games. That's the worst part of it, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Neither time, right, both games, did you ever feel the Jets? Jet game for a little bit there, I felt they were in they control. but. Yeah, they had a but, shot early. You thought they right, had a shot early. But second, right after that roughing penalty, I knew they wouldn't come back, and it just blew up on them. And giant game. They had opportunities. They had they their opportunities in the first half. But uh, now after that, that was over. So, I mean, you know, we've got to go back to the drawing board. And don't be too down on the Knicks, you know. Three and three, that's, that's about as good as I could have expected these first six games. So I would have liked to have been four and two, but – Three and three. They haven't gotten blown out. They still today was an entertaining game. They just didn't have enough in the fourth quarter, but they were in mm-hmm. it for most of the game. So 
Don't get too turned off yet, Larry. Well, we I'm still not got turned off, Richard. I'm not. Thanks Larry, one last thing can I mention? Yeah, real quick. Did you see that Islander game yesterday? Wow. I did not. No, I did not. Down three goals to the Avalanche at home like that, and then they scored four straight goals. Uh, five, you know what was funny? An empty net goal they scored made it 5-3. But then the Avalanche still kept the goalie out, and they scored to make it 5-4. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen two different, you know, the both teams scoring during an empty net like that. That was, that was pretty interesting. But that was a great game yesterday. Larry, always a pleasure. All right, Thank Richard. You, Thank, thanks, for, thanks for calling. No, listen, I'm not down on the, on the Knicks. I'm not down on them. I, for me, personally, as a broadcaster and as a fan, you always want to see how your team stacks up among the better teams. And it's a gauge. And it's a gauge. And look, it's early. Like I said, six games. Six. But it lets you know how much further you have to go. Think of it as, I'm looking at this as a front office person. But I am. I'm looking at it as a front office person, which says, okay, I see this, I see this, I see this. Okay, we still have we still have a ways to go. We're better. There's no question they're better. There's not even a doubt they're better. But what do you have to do to get even better? Because right now, based up right now, once again, it's early. This is not a you couldn't say that this is the you couldn't say that this is the eighth best team in the conference looking at the roster in the east you couldn't so now the question becomes what do they do as the season goes and they build chemistry and the bench gets to be more consistent and you may make a move at the trade deadline what do you have to do to move into that elite eight of the conference? That's going to be the question. What do you have to do? And so now for them, they've got a couple of days off. You know that Thibodeau will have them at practice, working in the video room, working on the court. And they've got uh, Atlanta at home on Wednesday, which is their next game, which you'll hear on 98.7 ESPN. And so that will, you know, that's another really good test. Because when you look at Probably last season, two of the more disappointing teams in the NBA, it was both the Knicks and the Hawks because of the coming out party that they had the year before where they were both nip and tuck and then, you know, ice tray and what he was able to do with the long playoff run and deep playoff run and things like that that put him on the map and the Atlanta Hawks and he took the Atlanta Hawks with him. And so last year, Knicks don't make it. Atlanta is not the same team. And so now this is another year. So you want to see what adjustments both these teams made. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how these two teams meet up and match each other this uh, on Wednesday, especially now with the Knicks having a quick and, and quintessential point guard of their own in Jalen Brunson. It's going to be fascinating, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's what I'm saying, Richard. So, no, I'm not, I'm not down on them. It, it's just like you want to see where they are early, and you gauge and you compare. Mark this date on your calendar. It's November 18th. 
That's when the Michael K. Show celebrates 20 years on ESPN New York with a live broadcast and after party at the Palladium in Times Square. Now, leading up to the event, listen to DPHO and Rothenberg in the morning and the Michael K. Show in the afternoon for your chance to win $1,000 per show. Yeah, per show. The K Show 20th Anniversary Party brought to you by our friends at Coors Light, keeping New York chill, and tell them or do when it's time to celebrate, it's Tully time. For details on how you can win or to purchase tickets to the event, go to KSHOW20. That's spell out 20, not 2-0, but T-W-E-N-T-Y, KSHOW20.com. We'll come back, take more of your calls next. Rich Samini joins me. We'll talk football again at 11 on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. At the top of the hour, Rich Samini of ESPN.com covers the Jets. We will... Uh... We'll get his thoughts on what was a really tough day for the Jets and Zach Wilson in particular. Right now, we're talking a little NBA at 1-800-919-3776. And once again, you know, looking at this Nick team, and I am uh, very curious to see uh, how the bench is doing and how the bench is being played. And I have to say, with all due respect to uh, Tom Thibodeau, He's giving these guys on the bench a lot of playing time as compared to what you normally see. And how I view it is look at the look at the minutes of the starters. Julius Randle, 33, Mitchell Robinson, 21, Jalen Brunson, 34, Evan Fournier, 28, RJ Barrett, 33. Bench players, Toppin, 15 minutes, Reddish, 16 minutes, Hartenstein. Uh, 27 minutes because Mitchell Robinson was in foul trouble again. Early foul trouble. He ended up with five, as did Randall. Derrick Rose was 14 minutes, and Emmanuel quickly had 19 minutes. So for me, and you remember I had this conversation and this observation early. You should be able to play your bench an average just in my humble opinion, of 15 to 20 minutes. You should be able to. Now, obviously, if they're not producing, you sit them down. I'm not saying this is a hard, fast rule. But if you can keep your starters minutes between 30 and 35, and you can find, let's say, 35, that means you can find 13 minutes that they get a blow of the 48, and you, and you pick the strategic times, and I think he's done a nice job of mixing, bringing some bench guys in while the starters are still in. And then, you know, then when we get to the end of the quarter, pulling the rest of the starters and seeing how that goes. And then if you have to, bring some of the starters back in. I, I have no issue with how he is substituting and giving the bench playing time. This is not eight minutes. This is not seven minutes. This is not what that is. Okay, and he's been pretty consistent with it so far this season. Pretty consistent by giving them this this amount of minutes. I am still really surprised that that Cam Reddish is is really in the rotation. I don't know if he's in the rotation because he's being shocked. I don't know if he's in the rotation, you know, because well, obviously because of Grimes. And when Grimes, when Quentin Grimes gets back, what that will do to his minutes or somebody's minutes off that bench. Because you know that uh, Coach loves him, loves him obviously what he can bring to the table from from his offense, but also 
even though he's a smaller guy, he loves his defensive ability to move his feet and do some things defensively, despite maybe having a height differential or whatever. So from that standpoint, I, I you know, I'm okay. I think he's done. I think he's done. Nothing needs my approval, but I think he's done a, a good job in trying to keep his guys fresh, so that when it's late in the when it's winning time in that fourth quarter, you've got your guys, your best players, able to go. And that's what that's what it's about. So for them right now, it's about some of the defensive principles that's going on. It's about some of the issues that you have with new players coming in and not understanding, you know, not trusting your teammate, making sure that you have their back and they have yours, communication issues. That's what you're seeing from this Nick team now defensively. And as always, they have had issues defending the three. They just have. So, that's why you have practice the next couple of days. We'll work on it, and we'll see what the adjustments are going to be. The Nets, for me, are a, a more interesting scenario, only because all eyes are on that franchise for what has gone on in the offseason to see how they would get off, how they would start this season, to see what would be the deal how they would respond to just a crazy offseason. You know, how they would respond to it. So that's good. That's that's why you wanted to see how they would start. And obviously, what shape is Ben Simmons going to be in? What does he bring to the table? How much of a factor is he going to be? So right now, he hasn't been much. He's not been what you would, I think you would have expected. Nasco, once again, and I've said it, it's going to take him some time. He's not really played in two years. But when you see teammates urging him to shoot, which is, you know, hey, shoot the ball. I know everybody made a big deal. Oh, Kyrie Irving make a well. He's already oh, he's talking to Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie's not happy. Uh, no, the players do that all the time. Shoot the basketball, like shoot it. And he's like, I got Durant and Irving. Why am I shooting? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but what he doesn't understand is you have to shoot, otherwise, you know, you're not being defended at all which means that both Irving and Durant are being doubled. It's four on five. So he needs to be able to look. We know what he can do rebounding-wise. Defensively, he is he has been in the past one of the elite defenders in the league. He has great court vision. He can, he's a really good passer. And now it's just a matter of him playing with guys, learning where they want the basketball, having enough chemistry and practice where guys know what they want to do where guys know where they're supposed to be and where they like the ball and situations of that nature that's that's the next step 
And that's going to take some time. But really, I don't know that it's time that Steve Nash has. Because you just have to wonder how much longer are the Nets going to continue if they continue their slow start. Talent-wise, they got plenty of time to turn around. Look, it's, it's, it is so early in the season. But once again, all eyes are on Brooklyn just to see what is going on because of the offseason situation. Personally, talent-wise, they should be great. But listen, last year was rough for them to be swept by a very talented Celtics team that ultimately got to the championship to be swept by them. And once again, it just puts a focus on this team. I think they'll be okay, but they bear watching. They really do. And I expect that after the meeting and the comments by Steve Nash after the loss to Indiana, when they face the Pacers tomorrow again at Barclays, I don't think it'll be the same score. <laughs> I don't think it'll be the same effort. I expect that it'll be a different Nets team that the Pacers will see. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back, take more of your phone calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Once again, Rich Samini will join me at the top of the hour. We'll talk a little Jets. Before we continue, let me take a moment to acknowledge uh, the passing of the Reverend Calvin Butts of the Abyssinia Baptist Church up in Harlem. I've had the opportunity to attend that church on numerous occasions. I've had the opportunity to, uh, because of my work at WLIB and WBLS previously, to you know, be around uh, the late Calvin Butts, and he was a phenomenal person. Smart as a whip, uh, educator, pastor, uh, influencer, uh, a person who spoke out in a quiet way, sometimes loud, sometimes quiet, but always respected. And uh, our prayers go out to his family, our prayers go out to the church family, and uh how they will uh, move on in this search for a pastor to continue, not to replace him because he's irreplaceable, but to continue what he started and continue that legacy of Abyssinian Baptist Church, which also, by the way, as many of you remember, uh, Adam Clayton Powell was also a pastor of Abyssinian Baptist Church in the village of Harlem. So our prayers go out to the Reverend Calvin Butts. 1-800-919-3776. Head back to the phones. Buddha is in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. You know, I was going to say what you just said there, Uncle. Um, you know, I actually remember when you spoke to Mr. Jamal Bailey and we discussed that program, um, Calvin Butts Jr. was one of my classmates in there. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade, the IS-181 over there in co-op. So, you know. Rest in peace. You know, you did a lot. And like you said, uh, sometimes everything he said wasn't popular, you know, in the community. But he said what needed to be said, you know. You know how that worked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. You know. 
All right, listen, um, I, I called about the Nets and okay. what you were talking about, but you got to let me get it, like just just two or three points in about these Jets. I know it's sure, a basketball hour, but listen, you know, uh, for all of the people who want to take the reins off the quarterback, you know, I think you got the message today why they've been coaching the way that they've been coaching. Uh, I remember that song, Sam Well, back in the days in the 80s, you like what you see. <laughs> you better get with the program, people. I mean, listen, this is not going to end well. And this is going to have to go this with him. You know, and I'm not that overly upset with the team, except for the fact that this was a winnable game. And um, I'll just say this much. If you can't stop the run and you can't run, you're going to lose a lot of games. And for the coach, he does a lot of good things, and he's been good. But one thing I'll have to pick with him today is not necessarily about the play calls or anything like that. If you're going to move Makai back to the right tackle, as you should have, if you're going to not dress Denzel Mims for six weeks, and then also he came on the field and actually looked like he could play, so that didn't look great. Mm -hmm. And then you're also, you know, you're going to suspend more for his comments and everything like that. That was coaching uh, malpractice in the fourth quarter with eight minutes and change left, and this kid was absolutely out of his mind throwing the game away that you didn't put Mike White in there. I'm sorry. You know, if I'm a player, I'm sitting there like, okay, so we all held accountable except him? I mean, come on. That 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 that, that was not a good look. But anyway, now with the Nets, you know, listen. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing from Josiah on Twitter about how he's going to talk to Kyrie or Kanye or whoever that is that he got over there in that team. Uh, listen, you know, the, the whole point, the whole stuff is it's an absolute joke. Like, there's a part of me now, I mean, Nash is a bad coach, but there's a part of me that's like, who could coach these guys? Like, mm-hmm. he got the Aaron Boone deal. Like, listen, you come in here, and these players are going to tell you which way things go. And, I mean, you know, they gave Kyrie the microphone over the night. I mean, I'm sure that really drove home the message to him that the stuff that he did last year they weren't pleased with. <laughs> yep. You know, I, you can't make this up. You you can't make this up. And then, you know, like with the owner, and, uh, you know, I was hearing Michael Kane before, he's talking about, yeah, he's glad that they didn't trade him and they don't acquiesce to what these players want. Listen, in this league here, eventually you are going to acquiesce to what these players want. It's just the way this thing is set up. It's, if you really pay attention, what Kyrie is doing and the way he's acting He's trying to force them to trade him to the Lakers, you know, by hook or by crook. But what was the worst thing that Sai and them did, the worst thing that they did for the franchise is when that Jalen Brown deal was on the table for Kevin Durant, you had to make that move. Mm -hmm. You weren't getting nothing out of these guys anymore. When you look at them play, the team is a reflection of how they play on the court. Irvin's going to go get his. Durant's going to go get his. I'll pass it to you guys if I can't get the shot that I want. You understand what I'm saying? And then now you got Ben Simmons over there. And let's be honest, if there is something mentally going on with him, I don't know what it is. It's not good. You can look in his eyes and see that it's not good. But besides that, they're not utilizing him in the, in the manner that he could be effective for you. The only thing he was elite at, was being a ball handler and a playmaker, and he had elite size, but not for the position of small forward or power forward in this league no. where guys score 20-something a game. He needed to be the point guard. He put Kyrie mm-hmm. off the ball. They're mm-hmm. idiots. So all of the stuff that's happening to them, like, I-, I can't feel sorry for them. And, you know, Durant is going down as a player, slightly skill-wise, but you know he's going to get hurt again. You- you're going to trade these guys for a penny on the dollar. 
And, and for what? What point did you prove? This it, is asinine. My brother, I'll talk to you later, man. All right, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. I, I got to say, um, Durant's still good. He's still very talented. But you do worry because of the fact over the past couple of seasons he's spent some time off the court because of injury. Now, we're not wishing anything on him. But, you know, it happens. It happens. And I get it. They felt that they could, they wanted to hold out and prove a point and try to play and and get as much as they could for Kevin Durant. But you knew when he asked for the trade, you weren't going to get equal value for Kevin Durant. There's no way. It wasn't happening. It was not happening. It's and it and whenever you trade him, you're not going to get equal value for him. You're not. So the Nets decided, listen, we'll try to, you know, hang in there and see what we can do and run it back. And they had conversations with him and, you know, they felt that he was ready to go and come back and perform. But Buddha's right about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is, once again, was, was, his claim to fame was his ability to see the floor, as I mentioned, and play solid defense. Solid defense. Very good defender. Scoring was an issue. Scoring has always been an issue with him. Shooting free throws has always been an issue with him. You knew that. But what's what's interesting to me is that why isn't he playing the point more than he is? I mean, when Harden was here, Kyrie was very happy to give the ball up and let Harden be the point. It seems like this would be easier for Kyrie if 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 Harden if uh, if Ben Simmons you know handled the handled the ball more and then let Kyrie run and get a shot off. It it just seemed. But listen, Steve Nash, while he's still head coach, has got to figure this out and get them on the right track. But once again, it's early. It's early. They still have plenty of time, plenty of time to find a way. But they are going to have to make a move. We all agree that they are going to have to make a move and try to get a little bigger and try to, so they can be a bit more physical. That is an issue for them across their front line. They moved the guys that they had over the past couple of seasons who provided that for them. They were stopgap measures. They were guys that you know felt that they wanted to play with uh, Kyrie and, and KD and they had a chance to win the championship and it took less money to go on and be on this team and try to win, try to get a ring. And it was unfortunate that they were not able to do that. And so some of them have have moved on. But they still need to find a physical player on that team that can help give them extra chances on the boards and to provide some defense and to provide some physical nature down low. That's what they need. That would help them. So they have plenty of time. You know, when the trade deadline comes in a couple of months, they'll have time to do that and and add to their uh, add to their team. You know, but it is going to be interesting. And once again, still, Joe Harris, you want to see how he continue? He will continue to get better. Seth Curry will be back shortly. He will con- he will be once he gets his shot going consistently. He will be definitely an asset because his three point shooting will help spread the offense and spread the floor. That will allow KD and, and Kyrie to run the offense even better and open some things up for them. And so it won't be so congested. 
right? That's what you want. You need three point. And Seth Curry is a three point maker. He was big for them last year. He was big, big for that team. So you get him and Joe Harris when they get working. It's gonna be nice. This is gonna be nice. So we'll keep an eye on the Nets and see what they're doing, as we will with the Knicks and see what adjustments they make. And like I said earlier, when we're talking about them. Uh, want to see R.J. Barrett tweak his shot selection a little bit because a couple of them over these past few games has not been good in key moments. Do you know what I mean? In key moments where you're in the middle of a run or something's going on or you, you're making, you're cutting into a lead or a deficit, right? And, and Or you're trying to expand the lead and you're like, no, that's not the, it's just not the shot you want right there. So we'll see. Once again, young player trying to find his way with this offense, trying to find how to get things working. But even though he did not have a great night tonight, like he had a couple of nights ago against Orlando, um, Jalen Brunson is, is such an upgrade. There's such a difference with how this offense runs. And once again, when they move the basketball, this is a very, very different team. It's a very different team. And that's what they have to keep doing. And that's what the bench has to keep doing. And the bench has to tighten up or being off the glass. Off the glass. They got to do a better job rebounding off both boards. You know, they really do. And that would help them out as well. So we'll see what happens as the Knicks continue. Wednesday night against Atlanta. It's going to be fascinating. Hey, football fans, not too late to sign up for Cover 5, a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. Pick five games each week. Best score against the spread wins $100. Join the 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22 on the Cover 5 app and, of course, on Cover5.com. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for contest rules. Rich Samini joins me next. Hour number three of The Drive on a Sunday night on 98.7 ESPN.